supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does it. AM 1420. WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Ghost. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz, is on vacation. <laughs> no, he's not on vacation. He is uh, actually, he is at the Lizzie Board in Bed and Breakfast again tonight. The guy, the guy's there all the time. Here's the key. I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking about taking him off the masthead here. <laughs> I think as executive producer, I, I think I'm going to have to take him off the masthead because he's never in the studio anymore. <laughs> we'll make him a contributing field segment producer, Matt Moniz. Sure. Instead of science advisor, Matt Moniz. Because there's so much science I need to be advised on tonight. And he's not here to do it, so I'm just pulling his leg in case he's listening. He is out there with Ghost Hunters University, Christopher Moon, and Haunted Times Magazine running their Telephone to the Dead event, which is always hugely successful. And uh, speaking of the Telephone to the Dead, Matt Costa, yes. have you uh, received any phone calls from any loved ones who have passed away this holiday season? I have not. Because, you know, the holiday season is a time when... There are frequent reports of ghost sightings, really, family and loved ones, and that's something I'd like to get into a little bit here tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna take things a little bit differently here tonight. Uh, you know, it, it's paranormal talk radio, and and tonight we're gonna talk. We're gonna share with you some thoughts and feelings uh, about the paranormal, and we'd like to hear your calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred. Because I had a really great show planned for tonight, but then. I forgot one of the participants in this discussion is unavailable uh, tonight. So he's got a band, and they're playing tonight. So check out the Wood Brothers band at Huckleberry's in Middleborough. Just not tonight, because it's too late now. They're already yeah. on stage. But <laughs> January, I think it's the 13th, if that's a Saturday. No, that's not a Saturday, is it? Uh, it's going on like a Monday or something. But there's... That's Tuesday. Okay. Well, anyway, if you go to uh, the Wood Brothers Band MySpace, you can get their schedule there. Definitely check them out. But uh, we will do that special episode probably next week in which we examine the case of the Fearing Tavern in Wareham, Massachusetts, uh, built in 1693. And uh, not a place that has a hugely haunted reputation. Uh, We have heard a few reports here and there, but it's not like, you know, it's not like Lizzie Borden's or, you know... um, I don't know, Waverly Hills or some of these other like hugely haunted places that are up there in the the most haunted places in the world. No, but there's definitely a lot of history there. A lot of history, and whenever there's a lot of history, in my belief anyway, yeah, because of what I think ghosts are and what what causes paranormal activity to happen, wherever there's a lot of history, that increases the possibility of paranormal activity. And I think that this place, what we saw the night that we investigated it, we saw kind of the the result of that, where you know you've got almost. 320 years of history almost. And, you know, when all that comes together and then the right circumstances arrive for it to manifest, then you're going to get something. Uh, Otherwise, you know, run of the mill, walking through the place kind of of, uh, activities, you're not really going to encounter the paranormal there. But because we went there with a setup that allowed us to kind of hone in on what was going on, 
we were able to get some stuff. I think it's interesting stuff. I know you question a lot of it. You're way more skeptical than I am uh, about some things, but I, I'm very excited about what we have and, and what we can present to the listeners. But that brings up an interesting point. As I said a few seconds ago, you know, we brought in the right factors to be able to uh, document and analyze the haunting, document and analyze paranormal activity. But that kind of begs the question, was it there and we just brought the right tools to find it or did we bring the right tools to cause it? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, and I'm not talking like a, you know, did we bring, uh, I don't know, did we bring a, a video camera that a spirit had attached itself to at another location and decided yeah. to follow us? So okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about through our own minds, maybe, through our own psychokinetic abilities, if we have them, mm-hmm. you know, is, can you cause a haunting by, by feeding into it? I mean, we've seen the Philip experiments, uh, you know, the 1970s, uh, I think it was the Toronto uh, Society for Psychical Research. Uh, they, they basically did this experiment for those unfamiliar where they created a, a ghost. They created a character with a whole backstory. Uh, they gave him, a history, they gave him a life, uh, but it was all completely fictional. And when they contacted him through a, a Ouija board, they found that he actually responded, uh, answering questions about his life, dependent on what had been made up. His, he could only communicate back what they had written for him. Anything more than that, he couldn't answer the question. So if, you know, we sat down and we conducted this experiment, we created a quote unquote Philip, and yep. we said, all we're going to say about Philip is that he's 25 years old and his favorite color is blue. And now we contact them through the Ouija board, and and enough people have gotten together to to create this positive, uh, positive thought field that you know Philip does exist, and we can ask, "What's your name?" And it'll spell it Philip. How old are you? Twenty five. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's the name of your dog? Nothing. Yeah. He won't have it because we didn't give it, so we didn't create it. I mean, it's kind of like the same idea of of a tulpa. You know these these. Thoughts that are created and projected into actual, I guess, paranormal beings. And uh, then they get kind of mad when they find out, hey, wait, I don't really exist. But now I do. What's this all about? So, I mean, is that what we did when we went to the Fearing Tavern? Did we create a spirit? Did we create this being because we wanted it to be there? Because we projected it to be there? Because we gave it every opportunity to prove that it was there, so therefore it was going to? I don't know. That's a good question. That's like one of the, uh, which came first, the uh, chicken or the egg. Well, but, I mean, you and I, we we discuss quite often uh, in our daily lives and our daytime jobs things like this. We don't always bring it to the air. Uh, usually because, you know, that that type of discussion, you know, if we were to sit here and say, you know, there's a really good chance that what we did – that night was really just project our thoughts into the form of a yeah. spirit. You know, if we start doing that, then it's going to cause a lot of people to question what it is that we talk about here. And we don't think that that's the case all the time. I think that it's a possibility. I think it can be done. But I don't think that that's what always happens when you go into a place. But, I mean, when you get a place like, you know, Waverly, where everybody's going there all the time and looking for the same ghosts, or Lizzie Borden's, where everybody's looking for the same ghosts and trying to comment uh, trying to get the same kind of comments through uh, psychics and through Frank's box and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, are we just feeding it? Are we creating it? And then it just is going to play back. Are we Are we yeah. writing the script and then the Creating movie's going to act out later? Yeah. 
So it's definitely – I mean, if you'd like to call in and, and share your thoughts with us, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Those phone numbers are also right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, while you're there, you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We can get those emails right here in the Spooky Studio. And, you know, if you've got a question, you've got a thought, you've got a comment, just send it along and we'll discuss it. But – I don't know. I, I think we can definitely, through the course of the evening, we can definitely get back to that discussion of do we create ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I want to talk about, getting back to the idea of Christmas ghosts and Christmas spirits. Now, the, arguably the most famous Christmas story of all time, besides you know how Christmas started, would probably be A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' yep. story of Ebenezer Scrooge. And, and he's visited by ghosts. Ghosts play a major part in that story. Uh, and not just... You know, the chain-rattling, spooky spirit ghost of Jacob Marley, but also the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, or mm-hmm. Christmases of what will be, or whatever Dickens' actual term was. So this is the idea of, and we talked about this in my, my paranormal history class, this is one of the, the most prominent ideas of ghosts coming back to teach us something. And we do see that again and again where they have some sort of message that they need to pass on or they have some sort of way they need to affect our lives. And I think that at Christmas time, if you are – or holiday season, we'll say, so that we're being non-denominational, non-holiday specific, but around any kind of holiday, uh, especially – or the anniversary of someone's death, I think that they do feel a need to come forward. Is there something about this time of year or about a holiday that connects us more to loved ones, do you think? Well, I think uh, around the holiday season, everybody gets together, and even after you're uh, passed on, I suppose, um, you want to check up on your loved ones, But I, mean, I would assume. I, the way I see it, though, is I'm always cautious. Well, or of... do, you, do you think it's more that everyone is... Uh, Thinking of those who have passed. That's what I'm thinking. Is stuff like that. I'm I'm always cautious of. You can say that loved ones can come back to us at a holiday to visit, but how come it's you know my grandmother who passed away three or four years ago? Why isn't it you know my second cousin who I only met once and didn't really know? Mm. I mean, is there hat? There's many different ways we can pursue this discussion, and I'm happy to pursue any avenue of it. But is it because? You know, you don't have a strong uh, a connection to that person, so therefore, you know, they might not, A, be interested in coming back to talk to you, or B, the connection might not be strong enough for them to. Or is it that we just want them to be around us so much at that particular time that we almost will them to be there? So I, I guess in a roundabout way, we're talking about the same thing, whether it be the so. Fearing Tavern or, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree here. <laughs> It's just it's every once in a while when you when you sit here and you do this program as we do every Saturday night and you're talking about all these topics related to the ghosts every once in a while you have to kind of sit back and say wait a minute let's think this through because we're so hung up on the idea that yes ghosts do exist and they do trust me they do if you're not sure and you want to have it proven to you we can make arrangements I mean it's there it's out there. Um, but every once in a while we have to stop and think, okay, just because we know they exist doesn't mean that it's always that. I know that Toyotas exist. That doesn't mean that every time Mm -hmm. I see a car, it's a Toyota. Yeah. 
I mean, that might be a little too generalistic, but it gets the gets the general idea across. Yeah. You being more skeptical than I am, though, you know, have you ever had a, a moment um, around a holiday or maybe some the anniversary of someone's death or something where you felt that connection of them there, where you felt their presence? Uh, I personally haven't, but I could see how um, someone would, I guess. Well, I'm sure you've heard many people who have, who have shared yeah. those type of stories, especially you know the, now that we're quote unquote in the biz yeah. and people want to tell us this stuff all the time. There always seems like to a story of how you're sitting on the bed and you wake up, or you, you you're sleeping in your bed and you wake up in the middle of the night because you feel someone sit at the end of your bed. That seems like a a popular uh, I don't want to say story, but uh, circumstance, yeah. say, or event. Well, if you want to get into that idea too, I mean, I'm not even going to delve into the, you know, the the night visitor and all that kind of mm. stuff, the the alien visitations, the shadow people, all the different forms that can come to you at night. But I think that, you know, you are on, and this is proven. This is scientifically proven. When you're in a dream state or you're in that hypnagogic state uh, where you're kind of between awake and between sleep. Your brain waves are actually operating into that beta frequency, which is a little bit higher than we, we normally operate on. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, you're kind of, uh, quote, unquote, in the ether up there. You know, your your mind is more expanded, more open. Uh, if you read, like, Worker in the Light by George Norrie or, or a lot of these books along those lines, they teach you how to get back into that ether and in a waking state so you can control it. So when you're up in that ether... And, and all the spirits of your loved ones are supposedly around you, that makes them more accessible to you. So therefore, it is very likely that they could be visiting you at that time. That would be when you would interact with them, whether you recall it or not when you wake up. That would be when you could most often interact, is that when you're in that beta state. Speaking of ghosts, I'm, is that just the network behind me? Possibly. Okay. Just because people will always uh, hear that, on the super fine sea crane radios that they have and say, uh, Hey, I, I, I could hear it talking in the background. It's not an EVP. It's just the network. That's how our, our system works here in the spooky studio. But, uh, so yeah, what, what you're talking about is absolutely right though. The, you know, so many people have reported this, you know, somebody visiting you sitting at the end of your bed. I, I don't usually talk about my dreams, uh, on, on the show, uh, mainly because they're a little private and I'm weird. So I don't like to share them for people because I'm afraid I'm going to freak people out with what I dream. But I actually did have a dream the other night in which I was visited by a loved one who is no longer with me. Um, and it's not unusual that this happens to me. It's happened to me with uh, a couple of different relatives who passed away. But I'm driving around with this relative. It was, it was actually my grandfather. And we're driving around. He died uh, a little over a year ago. And... You know, it's amazing because every time that I've had these dreams with them in there and I'm interacting with them, uh, the idea of them being dead has never come up. So it's like it's perfectly normal that they're still alive. And I was thinking about it afterwards. And because of my you know, sleep issues, because of my apnea and, and everything, I don't always have full recollection of dreams, even, even more than a normal person would have. I don't usually have that much recognition. Because for me, sleep is a five-minute process. Mm-hmm. I close my eyes, and five minutes later, I wake up, and you know, a couple of hours have gone by. 
so I, I normally don't recall everything, but I do recall images of this dream, not actual real conversations per se, but I recall images of this dream. And I think I've figured out why uh, the subject of them being dead never comes up within that discussion, because in the state that I'm in and the state that they're in, they're not dead because there is no death in that state. Mm -hmm. You're in that beta state. So it's, you know what I mean? It doesn't even enter into the conversation, literally and figuratively. Am I blowing your mind here? You are. <laughs> I, these are the things that I think about. These, this is what I think about when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Basically, you know, I wake up from a dream and I, I, I run it over my head while I'm taking a shower and then I show up to work 20 minutes late. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm pretty sure that I'm falling, <laughs> falling asleep and dreaming more. That's the problem. All right. Well, you want to take a break? All right, why don't we take a break? When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about the paranormal. We're just kicking it around here tonight. It's a nice, relaxed night, and we'll talk about holiday ghosts. If you have any holiday ghost experiences or just, you know, any any time uh, around this time of year or any holiday where you've felt that you need to have a loved one around you and maybe just felt a little bit of a, of a touch, uh, a little bit of a feeling that they were there, you know, give us a call. Share. Help us out. People, people who need that in their lives this year. Especially with how how rough things are going, the economy, and you know, just it's, it's kind of a downsmith for everybody, and people are more stressed out than they usually are. Maybe they could use a little affirming story like that. So, so give us a call and share five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred again five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred five zero eight two nine one zero five hundred. You can also email us spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and please share this story with us. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about anything paranormal with you as well. So we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And we do have to apologize for no spooky TV tonight. Again, my laptop is still in the blink. So until that is repaired, Spooky South Coast TV is kind of in a state of flux. It would help well, if Moniz was here, because then we could just use his laptop. Yeah. We should just steal his laptop anyway. Yeah, he's I don't think he's, he's using, it. using it. No. Well, I mean, it depends. He probably has some... Some footage he wants to share with people and, and whatnot, but, you know, we could give him a DVD. Hmm. Although, then That's again, it. people don't really need to see us that bad. I don't think the fans are clamoring to see us. See our sure faces. they are. <laughs> what message get... boards have you been on? <laughs> I don't know. You go to message I get... boards? No. I, I go to the message board on SpookySouthCast.com. There, there you go. Or the... <laughs> The, <laughs> the forum? The forum. It's yes. called the forum. Well, it's a forum because, you know, it's it's there for open discussion. It's not like a, you know, it's not a message board where you just drop off a message, yeah. go away, maybe come back a couple of days, see if anybody's... It's a forum. It's a discussion. Bring yeah. anything you want to the table. There's always a discussion up there. You know, SpookySouthCoast.com is kind of your one-stop shop for, 
you know, being able to kick around paranormal topics. And we're gonna we're gonna make it bigger and better, I think, going forward. We had the whole website redesigned last year around this time and, and a lot of positive response to it and we're finding ways to make it more and more interactive for people, so we promise bigger and better things to come. Sooner or later we'll actually put a webcam up there too, like directly into Moniz's house. <laughs> So that might be scary. People can just watch what's going on. I think that'll work. We just won't tell them about it. I don't think he goes to SpookySouthCoast.com, so we won't have to worry about it. Well, uh, we do talk about the paranormal here each and every Saturday night, and we're happy to talk with you about anything paranormally related. Uh, just give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And getting back to the idea of holiday ghosts... Uh, the, this the spirit of Christmas. We talk about that all the time. The spirit of Christmas, and we were discussing uh, in the first segment about whether or not thought can create a ghost. Whether or not enough belief and thought projected into it can create a ghost. So, can the idea of everybody believing in the quote unquote spirit of Christmas will that actually make it a physical manifested thing? I mean, I know we're talking spirit like as in, hey, you know, we're in the spirit, that type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, is there a a solidity to what we call the Christmas spirit? Is it an actual palpable thing? I guess it depends on uh, how much spiked eggnog you drink. <laughs> That's true. Uh, especially if you make it with lighter <laughs> fluid. Like my brother makes this monster eggnog <laughs> with lighter fluid. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there's almost a physical, tangible spirit of christmas that reaches out and touches us and until you know a certain event happens you don't feel like you're in the christmas spirit you hear people say that all the time well it hasn't snowed i don't know i don't have enough money to go shopping i haven't even given any thought to what i'm getting anybody haven't mailed out my cards everybody has the one thing that they do that clicks in their head that hey it's christmas time i mean for me personally it's usually going to edaville yeah. You know, once I go to Edaville, which is a, for those unfamiliar with the area, it's a it's a local amusement park with like a train ride through cranberry bogs with a big light display. But it's you know since my childhood, it was a hallmark of the Christmas season. And until you know I do that, I don't really feel like I'm in the Christmas mood. So I wonder if there's like just a physical thing uh, or uh, just a palpable experience everybody has to have, in which case they are touched. By the Christmas spirit. I mean, what's it for you? How? When do you know that it's Christmas time? Or do you not? Does it just kind of sneak up on you and um, just go by? Usually, it it just sneaks up on me. I, I didn't even know it was December, but <laughs> you don't know it's December <laughs> till it's time to mail out the rent yeah. check. <laughs> uh, usually, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's when it starts to get you rolling yeah. in the mood. Like anything before Thanksgiving, I'm like, oh, Christmas is like a year. Yeah, away. plenty of time. I got plenty of time, and then. I don't know, Thanksgiving starts and then you're like, clock's ticking. I have to get everybody something. Yeah, see, so. we, we try to get away from having to get everybody something by doing, you know, name pulls and gift grabs and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, that kind of does zap out some of the spirit of Christmas because you don't have to shop for everybody, but it makes it a lot less stressful, too. So less heart attacks in our house at Christmas time. All right, well, we have a call. Let's go to the phone lines here. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hi, this is your number one fan. Hey. How are you doing tonight? I think that would be uh, debatable uh, against the, the guy that's sitting out here camping out with a, a fire going. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Does he have any marshmallows? No, there's no guy out here. <laughs> hey, well, Matt. Hey. 
Uh, no, I just thought I'd call in and, uh, you know, just chat with you a little bit. Well, what do- I have had my experiences with thought forms. Really? Yes. And, uh, well, of course, I do have some psychic ability, so. So you're I a little do. bit more attuned to it than. than yeah, no, uh, believe me, it's, it's more developing more and more uh, each year. And uh, what I see psychically is, is really quite frightening. So, but I do, uh, I have had some experiences with it. I did try to do that, um, the secret. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> I got my vision board. I put all kinds of. Um, at that particular time, I had a lot of 20s in my wallet, which is very rare. <laughs> but I had it mounted on the vision board. I had uh, various other things, you know, fantasies, desires. You know, I wanted a puppy. I put a picture of a puppy there. And I, I focused on it. I did everything that the book told me to do. And I'm thinking about it, visualizing and whatnot. And sure enough, I hit the lottery. Really? Yes, $5,000. Wow. Very nice. Yep. So it did. It did work. So uh, I, I don't know if you it know. Me. It, it's a lot of work, though. You really have to want it. You have to actually put uh, checks all around, made out to you, and with this amount of money. And and if you really do uh, put the effort into it, it does work. Hey, speaking of the lottery, I won the Mega Millions. No, no way. Yeah, I won seven dollars. Seven whole bucks. <laughs> I know. It's the most I've ever won off a of drawing. So. <laughs> See. Well, you can't even take me to 99 with that. <laughs> no, I can How take much you, your appetite? I can take you to the days? 7. <laughs> if they have a, I can take you to like Stephen Barry's and is buy your teeth. Is, <laughs> is there a Denny's around here? Yeah, there's no Denny's anymore around here now. Oh, but, Denny's? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I'm sure you're familiar, though. I mean, beyond the secret, even even before the secret mm-hmm. came out, the idea of po- the law of positive attraction has been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And for a number of people, it works. I mean, just go back to... You know, the, the, the green dot that they used to print in the National Enquirer, and they would tell you to, like, rub it and hold it up to your forehead and put it in your wallet and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's anything, if you visualize on it enough, you know, you can help make it happen. I don't think what where people get lost, though, is they'll start to visualize it and just expect that it's going to come to them. Mm-hmm. And you still have to work on it, even though you're you're picturing it. You still have to do that work and, and put in the effort to make it happen. It's just... it keeps you on the path of making the things that you want to have happen. Well, happen. listen to this. Oprah was just on uh, TV the other day claiming that uh, she used a vision board uh, for Obama to get elected. She said that she had his picture there. I don't know what she said. She was taking the bath at the time. I don't want to get into that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a little bit out of my, my area. But uh, she says that she practices that all the time. And, you know, hey, she's uh, the, the poster child for success. Well, I'm going to guess that Obama's vision board had more to do with him winning than, mm-hmm. than Oprah's did. But, oh, yeah. you know, I, it, I mean, we see it all the time. Like if you listen to Coast to Coast with George Norrie, you know, they'll do these these uh, thought healings for people. Uh, you know, if somebody's not feeling well, they'll get all the listeners, you know, together to put out that positive thought. Yeah. Well, I believe in that. You. And I also believe in the just the opposite, too. I can I can believe that through jealousy and just just hate, pure hate and anger, you can actually will somebody to be ill. Well, it's weird that you mentioned that because in my belief and in, in what I've – I mean, if you asked me three years ago before we started doing the show if I thought it was possible, I would have said no. Mm-hmm. But doing more research into it and hearing about more instances of it, I do believe that it's possible. But I think, weirdly enough, I think you need a lot of people to affect something positively, but I think you only need one person to affect something negatively. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they do say that worry is a negative prayer. 
Yeah. So that might be something for you to think about. Absolutely. Now, you know, you say that you, you know, we know that you have, you know, these abilities and that you're a little bit more in tune with people. But have you ever had somebody come back uh, to visit you at a holiday time, especially like this time of year? Um, not so much a holiday time. I, I, of course, I have, uh, you know, spirit activity around me all the time. Once your, uh, you know, your vibrations have changed and, and reached a higher state, you just seem to be a ghost magnet, and that's a common term. And so I, I, I have them around me all the time. So it, it, it doesn't mean the negative ones. Somehow, I guess my angels keep them away. So I don't have them around me as much as I did, but I have a lot of protection. I, uh, you know, I, I, I protect my energy, my aura, my aura, my energy field. I have ritual that I do. You know, uh, I use light, visualization. A lot of things are visualization. You know, you have to, and you have to constantly cleanse yourself. That's why I don't understand why so many of these paranormal uh, teams go out into these really negative areas, like you know, sanitariums and uh, you know, just prisons and whatnot, and. And don't do a proper cleansing afterwards. You really should read on that. Uh, it will help you because once your energy field is damaged, it's very, very hard to repair. I know I had to seek out many healers uh, over several years of time and um, and have them work on mine when it was damaged. I used to work in a place where I had a lot of jealousy, a lot of backstabbing, you know, like a factory type of atmosphere where everybody was, you know, jealous of you and... Um, you know, I, I was undergoing psychic attack all the time, and that is a real thing. Was Believe it an oh. intentional psychic attack, or somebody was just doing it unknowingly? Well, no, it's, uh, you can tell. Just, you know, just the way somebody looks at you, the way they treat you, you can tell it's obvious, just their behavior. But the, especially if you're psychic like me, and you're, you're like a psychic sponge, you absorb all that negativity and hostility, and you wonder why you're, you feel lousy all the time. But then when you're in your own place and you're surrounded by a light atmosphere and, and you're peaceful and quiet and meditative, uh, you don't uh, feel that anymore. So it's obviously you're responding to the hostility and the anger of other people. You're picking it up and it stays with you until you can shake it off again. So I just suggest everybody to learn more about cleansing your aura. You can do that with just sage Age and oils, special oils. You can get it at any of these uh, new age stores. What about physical cleansing as well? I mean, I know that we hear about our general health being polluted by some of the things we take into our body, but mm -hmm. can that have an effect on your on your psychic self oh, as well? Yes, everything. Uh, it's um, I do organic now. I mean, as much as I can. It's just very costly, and and even yeah, that I I suspect is uh, contaminated to some degree. But, yeah, uh, if it's organic and it's coming from the supermarket. Pure. I mean, you're breathing in all this, this uh, pollution, and it's it's in the dust. Look look at them, Kate. You say that that's the most, the dust down there is, uh, this is what I, don't quote me on this. I mean, I don't know for sure. This is what I've heard on TV, and I'm just repeating it to you, that there's higher cases of breast cancer down to Cape than anywhere else in Massachusetts. Hmm. And they think it's because of the dust that settles into your home and you're exposed to it, carries all kinds of things, maybe all the toxic stuff that's coming over from New Jersey. I don't know. This is just my opinion on that. Well, we'll have to have to look into that a little bit more, but I can I can definitely see, you know, where they might make the connection. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, 
people don't realize though, like I, I don't really even realize it because, like I said, until a few years ago, I wasn't really a, a believer into it. But <clears throat> you know, you can affect yourself health-wise with what you take in, oh, just sure the way you feel physically. So I can only imagine what it must do to you, you know, Well, that's why I do daily affirmations. Affirmations are the best thing you can do for yourself. And in fact, there are books out there that you can get that uh, are just list affirmations. Every day you say something positive. You look into the mirror and you say, you know, anybody tries to, you know, uh, put you down, just walk away. Just say, hey, I'm not going to play that game. You know, so, I says, uh, you know, I'm too, I want my health. I'm not going to be... Uh, Spending money on doctor bills and medicine and getting hooked on uh, pharmaceuticals and all this for you. You know, uh, people don't realize how, how much damage their their spouse or their family members can do to them. You know, especially if they're very jealous. You know, that's something that we have to overcome, too, is jealousy and greed. Affirmations don't usually work for me when I sit in front of the mirror and say, I'm positive that I need to lose weight. I'm positive that I'm going to eat that second piece of pizza when I shouldn't. I'm positive. Well, I'm then gonna... you have to appeal. You know that there are such things as fat angels? Really? There are actually angels that actually deal with fat. I know plenty of fat angels, oh, yeah. but they're of the hell's variety. <laughs> There's an angel for everything. <laughs> well, uh, hey, you know, cherubs are a little overweight, so yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, but... speaking of Christmas, this this time of year always upsets me because I, um, it's the anniversary of Jean-Benet Ramsey's death. Oh, and right. uh, recently had seen some um, paranormal show on uh, <clears throat> uh, just, just various areas, haunted areas and all that stuff. And this one guy had shown his photograph of the JonBenet Ramsey home. And on the front lawn was the apparition, apparition of JonBenet Ramsey. That's crazy. And I said, oh, no, don't tell me she's stuck there. And so, of course, I immediately went and talked to my spirit guides and angels, and, all, and they said, yes, she is indeed stuck there. So I just felt so sad. You know, if I, had, if I could get out there, I would go out there, because, you know, I do soul rescue as well. And uh, I appeal to anybody who's out in Boulder or out that way that can uh, or can do soul rescue to try to cross her over if they can, because, you know, that, that does bother me that I can't get out there and help her. But, I mean, maybe she's, maybe she's only there, though. Until the the actual truth is uncovered, uh, this possibility. So, either way, <laughs> whether you can help rescue the soul or whether you can help solve the crime, I know. You know, we'll take the help help either way. Well, so. uh, you know, when it comes to children, if I hear of any any haunted areas uh, that have children, I, I immediately go there and try to do my thing. So, anyway, so Festivus is coming up, boys. <laughs> That's the holiday for the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, so, I, yeah, well, my family, Festivus, I celebrate that every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, here at uh, Spooky South Coast, every Saturday night is like Christmas to us. Yeah. So, because we get to come in here and talk about the paranormal, so. Well, we'll see. Which really bores the family at Christmas yeah. when we actually try to do that, so. Hey, I went up for uh, show and tell up there at uh, the Paranormal Center. Yeah, I, I heard that it went very well. I heard people were Yeah, we had uh, a nice little turnout. They were, uh, the EVPs were wonderful for a first-timer. And uh, uh, this, this one woman brought in a picture of uh, her family, and, and they had spirit dogs all over it. It was excellent. You know, I, I told her, I said, get the negative and have it blown up and preserve it. Well, they're, uh, I know they're going to be doing those like once a month mm -hmm. at the Bay State Paranormal Center. And uh, if you want to get involved, you can give them a call, 508-880-8696. They even have a brand-new website, BayStateParanormalCenter.com, all one word. And uh, I know you're going to be there uh, for the big event coming up 
on uh, January, well, what's it, the date? Yeah. January 10th, yes, where yeah, they're bringing that. Jason and Grant. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been waiting two years. They were a part of my vision board, you know. Really? Since meeting, then, meeting I've met, them? I've met quite a few TAPS members, and, uh, you know, they're right there up on the top with the rest that, I've, uh, that I'm anxious to meet. In a few more weeks, then you'll, you'll meet the yeah, two big oh, dogs. Yeah, definitely. So. I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure they know uh, what I'm all about and what I do, and uh, maybe we can get something going there. Just warning you, they draw a big crowd. There's going to be a big line. So. Oh, I got a big mouth, though. <laughs> get, get there early and stay around. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to definitely know I've been there. All right. Well, okay, you guys, um, hopefully uh, I can stop by the studio and give you your Festivus gifts this year. I might give Matt <laughs> Moniz some coal, seeing he's not around much anymore. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, I still have some left over from last year. He's uh, he's out there frightening all the Who's in Whoville. <laughs> I know. I, maybe someday I'll do that. I don't know. <laughs> So you guys take care and have a good night. Have a good night. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, uh, it is, uh, you know, it is, uh, we do have to start thinking about what we need to give Moniz for Christmas. I, I, I'm going to go with the coal idea. Sounds good. You can yeah. heat his house with it anyway. That's true. At the very least. Actually, that's what's funny. It's like, yeah. I wish I could get coal for Christmas this year. <laughs> I tell everybody give me coal or wood pellets or whatever. Get you a gallon of diesel. Yeah, don't give me. Yeah, <laughs> so give me so diesel. Don't give me coal. I'll just pour that right into the tank. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, we we were talking with Chris there, and it, it is interesting though how you know, like I said, I didn't, I never really listened to people talk about you know cleansing your your aura, cleansing your spirit, yeah. and I definitely didn't listen to people when it came to cleansing your body because I was like, <laughs> whatever, I'm young, I'm gonna live forever. Yeah. But you get to the point where you know when you eat that baconator. <laughs> it's like you really don't feel well afterwards. You know, when you reach that point, you're like, oh, I can't believe I just ate a Baconator. You know, where you start to say, maybe I shouldn't be putting this stuff into my body yeah. all the time. There used to be a time where you could just put, you, you could just eat whatever you wanted. And I did. And <laughs> you could have four Whoppers. <laughs> I never went that far. <laughs> I did have the triple Whopper, but I never had four Whoppers. Well, we were talking. Junior <laughs> we were talking about this earlier in the week. The, the shame of the extra, the extra Whopper sitting oh, yeah. in your car. You know, <laughs> like you're going to the restaurant with your friends and blah blah blah. All right, I'll see you later. You get in your car, you go right out of the drive-through, get out of the second Whopper, sit there in the drive-through, sit there in the parking lot. Uh, not that it's ever yeah. happened to me. I'm just relating what you told me yeah. <laughs> when we were talking. You know. But no, I mean, I, yeah, you I need. Just, I, I do the. I order off the dollar menu. And then I look at the screen, and I see how much food I actually just ordered. So then I order an extra soda. <laughs> so. Just so it looks like a second person? Yeah. yeah. You ever do this? You ever do this? Okay. <clears throat> can I get a can I get a 20-piece nugget, uh, two double cheeseburgers, two big chickens, and a Coke? All right, yeah. <laughs> Drive up. Oh, uh, here you go. Here's your, uh, they hand you the giant sack of food. Here you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, my wife. Oh, what a pain in the butt. She'll only drink Pepsi. I gotta stop and get her a Pepsi. You guys don't carry Pepsi. That works. <laughs> also, the, uh, I got a bunch of people back at the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one that I always use at Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, the shame. Uh, the shame. I eat because I'm unhappy. I'm just and I'm unhappy because I eat. I'm just making this stuff up, but it's good stuff. So you can use it. <laughs> Feel free to use it. If it works, let us know. 
All right, well, we are, we are talking about the paranormal here, and we're talking about the paranormal <laughs> in the holidays. <laughs> hey, you know, there's, there's plenty of places we could bring this discussion today. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're aware of uh, who passed away today. I'm not. She probably played a big part in your early adolescent life. Betty Page. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't even know she was still alive. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I thought she, like, died in a boat accident or something <coughs> in the 60s. Mm-hmm. What do I know? But uh, she passed away today at the age of 85. So, And uh, in recent years, she would not allow herself to be photographed. So I don't know if that's because she was 85 and yeah. didn't look anything like the Betty Page we remember. But uh, also, uh, in the I believe it was the late 60s, early 70s, she found God, quote-unquote, and switched to a life of religion. So she no longer, you know, at first she no longer condoned her past of being a nude pinup model, but uh, then she was kind of like, you know what, I wouldn't have all this money that I have today if it wasn't for that, so eh, I guess it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she passed away at the age of 85. My friend Ken is probably very, very upset. My friend Pen- my friend Ken, who has a shrine to Betty Page and his, and his cubicle. It's awesome. <laughs> like He just walked by and there's like all these great pictures. I don't know. I think I've, if, I was, if I was alive in the 50s, and when you know, like when Playboy first started and all this stuff, I would have been all about Betty Page, huh? J and P. I like. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh! I strained some sort of muscle. The uh, <laughs> even before we were talking about <laughs> Betty Page, but if I was alive in the fifties, I would have been more of a Betty Page guy, I think, than a Marilyn Monroe guy. Yeah, definitely. And that's uh, you know, that's probably sacrilegious to a lot of people, but. That's the way I feel about that. So, I don't know. We, we, I, I don't know where you go from there when you're talking about a, a discussion about pinups. I don't know. What was the first? Uh, what was the first girl poster that you ever had on your wall when you were younger? Uh, I think I had a Pamela Anderson poster. That's a good one. I had Alyssa Milano. But then my uh, my wall started turning green. What? I think I got hepatitis. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your silicone started leaking. But uh, you know, I, see, I had Alyssa Milano from the Teen Steam <laughs> exercise video. Uh, I bought it at the, uh, oh, what was it called? Whatever that bargain outlet was in Wareham. I don't know if it, it was like where the post office is now in Sears. They said like oh, that bargain, the bargain outlet, bargain outlet, something like that. Yeah, I bought. They had like a whole bunch of posters for like a dollar, so I bought a whole bunch <laughs> of them. I had Guns and Roses, had all kinds of, and then right in the middle of my wall, Alyssa Milano. And then that soon was surrounded by Cindy Crawford pictures. And then I stopped oh, yeah. hanging up pictures of girls because I started real, the, the pictures I started collecting of girls were not the kind that you hang on the wall, <laughs> the kind you keep <laughs> under the bed. <laughs> Well, where is this show going? I don't know. This is what we call de-evolution. The de-evolution of a paranormal talk show. We, we've we worked for over three years to build this program up to what it is today. Going, and now in one, couple spots down. in one hour, <laughs> we've totally taken it down in a new direction. So what do you want for Christmas? What do I want? Yes. I want some uh, Wii points. Wii points? Yeah. Can you only earn those or can you buy them? You have to buy them. Oh, oh, you have to buy them? Yeah. In particular, with your Wii points, what do you want to use them for? I don't for? know. Buying, like, old games? Yeah. Or WiiWare games, as they say. Is that what they call the old games? Uh, it's, um, they're like shareware games, kind of. If they were shareware, the you wouldn't have to pay for them. 
far. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the games that are only available on the Wii. Nowhere else. Ah. So. Well, if anybody has any Wii points they want to cough up and share, how can they get a hold of you? Can they, like, can they Wii mail you? Is there, like, a Wii mail there system? Wii mail. So they can Wii mail you? <laughs> Do you have a Wii mail address you want to give out? It is, but it's a long number. Followed by at Wii.com. So how about they just email you <laughs> Matt at SpookySouthCoast.com and they can sure. say, Hey, I got some Wii points I'm not using. Yeah. I got rid of my Wii because, you, you know, can, you can gift I'm an Wii adult points. and I want a PlayStation. What? No, I'm sorry. I didn't... <laughs> I'm not cracking out if I were to Wii. I'm just kidding. I like to be fat and lazy on my couch playing video games. I don't want to actually have to move. Although if anybody has a Wii and they want to play Wii uh, Mario Kart. Are you looking email, for challengers? Email me with your uh, Wii friend ID. Matt at SpookySouthCoast.com. Yep. And if you have a Wii, you should know what your friend ID is. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty lame to me. So I don't know. I'm not really buying into this whole Wii concept. I want you to get up. I want you to move around. And I want you to have friends. <laughs> the whole reason I got into yeah. video games is so I wouldn't have to get up, move around, or have friends. So Wii, Wii is like the MySpace of video games. <laughs> it's forcing me to interact with other people when I'm in an environment where I choose not to. Yeah, you want to be in a virtual reality with no... Which, uh, coming up in the week in Weird, we can talk about a, a, a wonderful new woman, the perfect woman almost, who can help you achieve just that. Second only to my wife, of course. But, I don't know. I think even my wife would want to marry this, this chick <laughs> after we... Uh, but is, is, is chick incorrect? I apologize if that's considered politically incorrect. Broad? Yeah, well, <laughs> young dames, lass, Sally, skirts. No, but I mean, seriously, like, uh, a lot of people these days use chickens. Uh, girls use it amongst themselves. It's it's kind of like calling a guy a guy. So uh, if I offended anybody by dropping a chick, I apologize. I don't know. I'm not up to date. I'm not social. That's true. It's the only time I talk to other people. You're, you're kind of a shot in. I am. I just sit at home with my non-Wii video games yep. and refuse to interact. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that is the first hour of the show. The first hour of the show is gone, and we promise the second hour will be even better, which there's <laughs> really nowhere to go but up. So uh, <laughs> stick around. When we come back after the news, we'll do The Week and Weird. It's our weekly news segment where we read to you some of the stories that have been floating around out there that you might not have heard in your regular newscast. And then we'll check in with Matt Moniz over at the Lizzie Board in Bed and Breakfast. We'll also take your calls at 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And you can email us during the break or even after, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And uh, just share your paranormal experiences, your questions, your thoughts. Tell us what a great job we're doing. Tell us what a horrible job we're doing. In fact, we might even have a form on the website to make it easier for you to complain about that. We'll be right back with more after the news. Here on Spooky South Coast. Do you know what that music means? Ooh, we're stuck in an elevator? No! <laughs> Wrong! Spooky South Coast is burned. I'm not afraid. You Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does it. 
Good evening and welcome. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. And we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. A little programming note for you for next week uh, because they have, uh, uh, I think it's an NFL game coming on at our usual time slot area. Uh, we're actually going to be on in prime time next Saturday from 6 to 7.30 p.m. We'll be here uh, probably talking about the Fearing Tavern investigation. And if you like old colonial history, this will be the show for you because not all, uh, the plan is, if we can pull it all together, we're going to have the actual, uh, what's it called, the docent? Is that what it's called? I think so. The, the person who runs the tours at the Fearing Tavern, the person who is like very well versed in the history, Grace Morrison, will be joining us to talk about the history of the tavern, what it's all about, what her experiences are in there on a daily basis. I'm going to see if we can get the, the head of the Historical Society, uh, Carolyn, to join us okay. as well, for at least for a few minutes by phone, and uh, just talk to us about the building some more, and then uh, we'll talk to the investigators who took part in the investigation. We had uh, Andrew Lake there, we had Mike Markowitz, Carlston Wood, so I mean, there was a, a team of investigators there. So we'll get as many of them as we can to, to join us and at least share their experiences. We'll play some EVP clips. Matt, I know we're going to get into a fight about this probably <laughs> on the air because some of them you're like, Bleh. but some of them to me are amazing. And Mike's been playing these in his EVP courses at the Bay State Paranormal Center, and I guess these are really causing a buzz. So you don't have to believe if you don't want to. We, we <laughs> never question somebody's non-beliefs, uh, but I have to say, to me... If if they really are happening, I'm really intrigued in where where this can take EVP research. So there, take that. <laughs> we'll debate it more next week, and we'll let people call in and say what they think as well. Um, but also, speaking of the Bay State Paranormal Center, we mentioned it before on January 10th, Saturday, January 10th at 1 p.m. You can check out the Ghost Hunters, Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson. They'll be coming uh, to the Taunton High School in, in an event in conjunction with Bay State Paranormal Center. And if you would like to find out more, go to BayStateParanormalCenter.com or you can call 508-880-8696. You can also check out that website, too, for more classes with uh, Matt Moniz. He has one coming up, I believe, this Friday. He's teaching a course uh, as well. as He's got, like, UFO courses a, a couple times a month. Yeah. I'm teaching uh, History of the Paranormal, uh, which is... My favorite area of uh, research is the, the history of ghost hunting, the history of what it's all about. So come and check that out. And then uh, I teach Introduction to the Paranormal, Paranormal in the Media, and uh, a new one we have coming up in January, Broadcast from Beyond, where we talk about these ghost boxes, these devices that can supposedly help you talk to the dead. We'll not only discuss them and talk about them, we'll also use one in the session as well. So that should be really interesting. We'll also tell you how you can make your own. Maybe you can make some, too, and we'll Maybe. sell them by there. I checked out that radio that you were talking about, the uh, the FM scan radio that you saw for, like, two ninety nine. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Just, it, first of all, trying to figure it out alone is going to be hard enough, but the fact that it's only an FM sweep, yeah. you probably. Bought one? Yeah. No, I didn't buy one, no. but there was one open, so I was looking at it. Yeah, it's uh, pretty flimsy, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty afraid that you would break the thing in half yeah. trying to open it. But um, I almost did. <laughs> oh, you bought one? You yeah. tried it out? So we'll we'll find another affordable option as the Radio Shack uh, device disappears from the shelves. We need we need to talk to our contact at Radio Shack, see if we can get like a case of them. Yeah. But, uh... Get them back in production. 
absolutely. The uh, also at the center, there's a. They've just announced some new courses, including one with our friend Derek Bartlett from the Cape and Islands Paranormal Research Society, also known as Capers, where he's actually presenting his uh, his great presentation, Dangers of the Paranormal. And this is something that he usually only presents like once a year uh, through his free events that they that Capers puts on at Cape Cod Community College. But the fact that he's bringing it out, you know, more than just once a year, you you got to get out and check this out. And almost every course that you can take at the Bay State Paranormal Center is available for only $10 if you sign up in advance. And when you think about it, really, that's just a nominal payment to help keep the lights on. I mean, nobody's getting rich. It's just making sure that there's a center that's there for this type of stuff to happen all the time. So 508-880-8696 or baystateparanormalcenter.com for more information. Now, uh, why don't we get a little weird? More bad news. Well, I got a great show for you today, which is wonderful. Weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. (laughs) The Week in Weird. All right, well, this story is a little bit of a visual one, but we'll see if we can read it anyway. From BBC News, a series of punctuation marks used to convey a wink in text messages, known as an emoticon, has been trademarked in Russia, says a local businessman. Entrepreneur Oleg Tetterin said the trademark for the semicolon dash parentheses, a.k.a. the winking nose smile emoticon, was granted to him by Russia's federal patent agency. But critics doubt the trademark's legal basis, as the emoticon has been in the public domain for years. Mr. Tetterin says he would chase firms using the symbol without permission. I want to highlight that this is only directed at corporations, companies that are trying to make a profit without the permission of the trademark holder, Mr. Tetterin said. Legal use will be possible after buying an annual license from us. It won't cost that much, just tens of thousands of dollars, he said. He's the president of Superphone, a company that sells advertising on mobile phones. But he said he does not plan on tracking down individual users of the emoticon. He also said that since other emoticons like colon dash parentheses or smiley face or colon parentheses, smiley face with a nose, resemble the one he has trademarked, use of those symbols could also fall under his ownership. Some, ob- some observers say the announcement by Mr. Tetterin is just a gimmick. The president of the Russian social networking site, uh, old, the Russian version of MySpace, Nikita Sherman, said, You're not likely to find... Uh, this." Now, this is a direct quote from Nikita Sherman. You're not likely to find any retards in Russia who'll pay Superphone for the use of emoticons. His word, not mine. Alexander Melis, a director from the firm of Valhamplion, said his company would not pay on principle and jokingly suggested patent in brackets. According to... That's a joke? <laughs> oh, hey, why not patent in brackets, you know? <laughs> okay, you're a real cut-up, Nikita Sherman. Or Alexander Malice. Right. According to the Russian media, Mr. Tetterin is not the first person to trademark the emoticon symbol in Russia. Uh, they said in 2005, a St. Petersburg court upheld an appeal from the German corporation Siemens... Or is it Simons? I like the first one. 
Which was sued by a Russian man claiming he held the trademark. So what is it about Russians that they're... Russians in general are not just people that create smiley face and winking feelings in me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's... it's uh, maybe I'll, I'm still stuck how, on how the Soviet Union. How do you copyright like, uh, punctuation? I don't know. I don't know. But they did. Mr. Oleg Tedderin. But don't worry, you know, you can still feel free to use it. He's not going after individuals, so you can still put it at the end of every sentence in all your little cutesy emails you send me. <laughs> Just like when you, when you write me the notes and you put the smiley face over the eye. Yep. I like that. Not as much as when you used to do the hearts, but... Yeah. I only yeah, do that you've over grown the, up. Uh, lowercase j's. <laughs> all right, what do you have for us? All right. Researchers from Japan's ATR... Com- uh, computational neuroscience laboratories has developed a new brain analy- analysis technology that can recon- reconstruct images inside a person's mind and display them on a computer monitor. According to researchers, further development of the technology may soon be may soon make it possible to view other people's dreams while they sleep. The scientists were able to reconstruct various images viewed by a person by analyzing changes in the cerebral blood flow using a functional magnetic resonance imaging machine. The researchers first mapped the blood flow changes that occurred in the cerebral cerebral visual cortex as subjects viewed various images held in front of their eyes. For now, the system is only able to reproduce simple black-and-white images, but Dr. Kang Cheng a researcher from the Riken Brain Science Institute suggests that improving the measure, measurement accuracy will make it possible to reproduce images in color. In as little as 10 years, advances in the field of research may make it possible to read the person's thoughts, read a person's thoughts with some degree of accuracy. The researchers suggest a future version of the technology could be applied in the fields of art and design particularly if it becomes possible to quickly and accurately access images existing inside the artist's head. The technology might also lead to new treatments for conditions such as psychiatric disorders involving hallucinations by providing doctors with a direct window into the mind of the patient. So, It'll also help us talk to monkeys. Which has been my lifelong dream. I know. But if you think about it, like, you can, you know, it'll visualize what the monkey's thinking. Yep. I'll just try to draw a picture of a banana or somebody <laughs> flinging poo. No, but I mean, it'll give you an idea of people who can't, any anybody that can't express an idea, you know, somebody who can't, who doesn't have the power to speak, you know, it can help That's get true. those ideas across. I was thinking it would uh, weed out those fake, fake me out pet psychics. <laughs> there you go. So next week's episode on Pet Psychics, canceled. Thanks for disparaging our guest. No, just kidding. Uh, Actually, I don't know if you know this, but uh, they've actually been um, reproducing the images from my dreams for years. They actually put them out in a magazine form. It's called Hustler. I figured why not carry over the devolution of the first hour into the second hour. Speaking of which, this comes from the sun in the U.K., she is the perfect wife with the body of a page three pinup and housekeeping skills that put, I'm going to use an American version, Martha Stewart to shame. Because I don't know who TV's Kim and Aggie are. I don't, I don't, I don't live know. in the UK. Her name is Aiko. 
She can even read a map and will never, ever nag. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't she, fellas? And she is. Aiko is actually a robot, a fantasy brought to life by inventor Lee Trung, who is apparently a very lonely man. <laughs> Devoted Aiko, who is in her 20s and has a stunning 32-23-33 figure. Wait, 32-23-33. Okay. Pretty face and shiny hair. She is always happy to clean the house for her husband, Lee, help with his accounts, or get him a drink. Computer Ace Lee, 33, from Ontario, Canada, has spent two years and 14,000 pounds, which is probably something close to that American, building his dream girl. He had planned to make an android to care for the elderly. <laughs> Some, somewhere building a robot to take care of grandma and building a computerized girl. I don't know where you veer off. Uh, I think it's, you know, the first time you uh, attach those two little fruit bowls to the front. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I can go somewhere with this. Anyway. But his project, inspired by sci-fi robots like Star Wars C-3PO, straight off course. He said, Echo is what happens when science meets beauty meets <coughs> geek. <laughs> Robo-wife Echo starts the day by reading lay the main newspaper headlines. The couple often go for a drive in the countryside where Echo proves a whiz at directions. And they always sit down for dinner together in the evening, even though Echo doesn't have much of an appetite. Lay says, his Lay says his relationship with Aiko hasn't strayed into the bedroom, but a few, quote, tweaks could turn her into a sexual partner. Oh, was that a pun? No. Oh, like, a, like a knife in an <laughs> electric blanket. <laughs> what are those pillows, those little heating pads? A little heating oh. pad and a knife. Lay said her software could be redesigned to simulate her having... An organism. Just because I'm not sure I can say the other word due to FCC rules. Aiko can already react to being tickled or touched. She also recognizes faces and speaks 13,000 sentences. I'm <laughs> One of them only has three letters. Starts with me. <laughs> me so something. Now Lay is seeking a sponsor to help him overcome the robot maker's biggest challenge, making Aiko walk like a human. Something tells me that if he figures out the uh, the other part, he's not going to care if she can walk. <laughs> In fact, it might make him feel better if she can't. Uh, he said, Ego doesn't need holidays, food, or rest, and will work almost 24 hours a day. She's the perfect woman. <laughs> My doors are going to be locked when I get home. <laughs> the lock will have been changed. Ego sparks mixed reactions in public. Lay said, women usually try to talk to her, but men always want to touch her, and if they do it the wrong way, she slaps them. Uh. I should have saved that story for last. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that one now. Wow. I want, I want to contact this Is there this a price guy. tag on that? No, no, it's just the prototype. Oh. I want to contact this guy. We're going to get this guy on the show. <laughs> We're gonna. I will pay to fly him here to, to sit in, in the spooky studio with us <laughs> if he brings Aiko. And I, I wonder if she has to buy her own seat or if she can be like disconnected and put into a carry-on bag. Maybe. So let me get this mm -hmm. straight. He's going to make a few tweaks to turn her into a sexual partner. She can't walk. She'll work 24 hours a day. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I got one more story here that might interest you. I've seen you chew on pencils here before, mm. you know, during the course of a show. It, it seems to me like, you know, you, you have an oral fixation. <laughs> <laughs> so... Maybe this story will help uh, help you out with that. From Anna Nova. Like the last story, 
That's true, too. From Ananova.com. Company launches pre-chewed pencils. A British design company have launched a new product to help children concentrate at school pre-chewed pencils. The company called Concentrate says the pencils look like they have already been chewed, making pupils less likely to put them in their mouths. And they say this is a cheap but effective way of encouraging youngsters to get their teeth into their lessons instead. Concentrate specializes in products to help kids at school and identify why they get distracted or are unable to focus in class. Claim the chewed end encourages them to get thinking straight away. We don't know if it's daft, but we know it's daft, but we just get down to some concentrated thinking and who knows what might happen, said boss Mark Champions. We began to look at the reasons that children might be distracted, uncomfortable, or unable to focus in lessons, and we set about designing some simple, cost-effective products to address some of these problems. So there you go. Except for one problem, dumbasses, <laughs> over a concentrate. When somebody chews on a pencil, it means that they are concentrating. When is the last time you ever saw somebody chewing on a pencil stop and start looking at their pencil and be like, oh, we'll go chew on my pencil. <laughs> Usually they're chewing on their pencil because they're not paying attention to the That's fact true. that they're chewing on their pencil because they're concentrating on what they're learning. Mark Champions. <laughs> they really want people, uh, kids to concentrate in school. They should uh, stop making paste so goddamn delicious. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I don't know. It's funny that you made an eating paste joke and you dropped a goddamn into it on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you dropped a dumbass, so. And a retard. And that was a <laughs> quote from the other story, so you can't blame me from that. All right. Let's see. Goddamn. What's about, is it, what's it, like $300 each for FCC um, fines? For, well, wait. Like first offense, I think it's like $300. Is it cheaper on AM? I, I think it's cheaper on this station because it doesn't go as far. Uh, I think it has to do with like your wattage power. You know, if we were on, if we were on like you know, if we were on like satellite radio, we'd be screwed. Yeah. We'd be broke. But I think it's like three hundred. Anyway, send your donations to Spooky <laughs> South Coast, care of WBSM twenty two Sconnecticut Neck Road, Fairhaven, Massachusetts. All right. Have we gotten into enough trouble for um, for one segment? I don't know. Poop. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, let's move on. Uh, you know, we gained we gained at least one nice listener tonight who called up and, and, and shared a story. And you know, now I'm afraid we're going to start losing them because we're overly goofy tonight. People have to understand that we are tired. <laughs> we have had a stressful week here. It's usually only this segment. Yes, we, this is where this we is, this is where we let our hair down and 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 get a little goofy on yeah. you. But uh, we we've had a pretty stressful week, so we we're just using this time to unwind and hopefully entertain. And if not, we promise next week will be way better. <laughs> or at least you can go back and listen to some of the old shows on SpookySouthCoast.com and see what used to be. All right, well, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll finish up the discussion tonight on the paranormal. Give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Hey, Matt Costa, we talked about this on the way in. Yes. Maybe we should try it. I'm going to try to psychically connect with a caller. Somebody will call up in the next segment, and I will try to make some sort of psychic connection with them. Okay. And I have no psychic abilities. I've never tried this before. But let's do it. Let's have somebody call up, preferably somebody I don't already know. And what we'll do is we'll try to – I'll try to make some sort of visualization or, or some kind of connection to a loved one. I'll try and do something, something on a psychic level with whoever calls in. 
508-991-0500. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Hey man, what? you up? No. Wake up, I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, it's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. called Ghost by Michael Jackson. Yep. All right. From the history album, his story. So. Yes. His story. Yes. Definitely check that out. It's worth a download. Uh, make sure you pay ninety nine cents. Don't don't steal it like Mac Costa did. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg <laughs> here, along with the aforementioned silent assassin, Mac Costa. FBI. If you want to know where to find him, just give me a call. I'll tell you. But uh, we are here talking about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And you know, I, I said it before the break, and I mean it. If somebody wants to call in and uh, give it a try, I will try to make a psychic connection with them. I'm not making light of people who have psychic abilities, not at all. It just, it's been suggested to me that part of the reason why we always seem to document so much paranormal activity when we go out into the field is that I may be able to attract activity. I'm not saying I'm a ghost magnet, uh, as you know. Chris was saying earlier, that's you know something totally different. But I think that maybe there's something where I'm kind of on their wavelength, so I'm willing to try it. If somebody's willing to be the guinea pig, we have a caller on the line, so let's see if uh, they're our guinea pig. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Very nice. I like that. Hey. That's, that's even, even, <laughs> That's even, my new toy I got today. That's even better than yeah, the barking dog. Well, you said you wanted us like a connection. There you go. <laughs> that, that's Remember, all, save the pig. That's almost a familial connection. <laughs> hey, he won't shut up now. Ah, uh, that's what, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when's Matt calling in? Oh, I, I think. I'm time for my bedtime. I want to go to bed. I think he's pretty busy over there. Actually. Is he? Oh. Yeah, they're probably running a, it's close to midnight, so they're probably running a, yeah? a, a cell phone, a telephone of the dead set session, <laughs> so. Hey, has anybody, um, uh, gotten a hold of that book, that X-Files book that you never announced it? No, I, I haven't heard back from Matthew Did yet about it. Did you go into so. Borders to see if, uh, some through it, see what it's all about? That would recall, that would require me remembering something. Oh, jeez. I'll, I'll find, but I don't buy books. We get them sent to us. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I, I keep asking everybody to give that to me for Christmas. I'll, I'll see if we can track, oh, track it down. $54. Oh, I'll definitely make sure they can send <laughs> it to me. And when we have them come back on and talk about it, we'll make sure we give away a copy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to head out and see the day the earth stood still. It's got bad reviews, which I'm not happy about. Yeah, well, you have to expect that. 
right. Well, so Matt's not going to call in then, huh? No, nah, I think we're going to let him do his thing. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks. I'm signing off. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And I know that somebody was trying to call in there. Somebody wanted to try to make that psychic connection. So 508-996-0500. 508-291-0500. I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm feeling like there might be something. That I'm yeah. feeling kind of amped up here. Really? Like energy-wise. Psychic, psychic, psychic energy, energy yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like there's something there. And the phone line is ringing. So let's let's take it. Let's see what happens. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hi. Hi. I don't know you, right? <laughs> no. Okay, want me to try to make a connection here, see if I can... If I All can right, I'm just, I can't hear you too good. Uh, well, see, I'm already failing then. <laughs> I'm trying to make a connection, you can't even hear what I'm saying. I think it's my phone. Uh, I'm okay, s- I'm, I'm sen- ready. I'm sensing you're on a cordless phone. Yes, I am. I'm, I can go to the <laughs> other phone. No, no, it's all right. Wait a minute, I could hear you better on the other one. Okay. <clears throat> Gives me a little bit more time to get my uh, okay, that's better. My psychic juices flowing. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Now, is there is there somebody that that you want to know about? Is there something that you want to know? Is there? Do you want me to just try to describe an object in your room? Sure, you can do that. Okay. Well, all right. All right. Look at an object in your room and, and focus on it. Okay. Okay. And I'm getting yellow. Is it yellow? Yes. All right. Oh my. I'm getting almost like a, uh, almost like a pear-shaped object. Oh my goodness! But it's not an actual pear. It's like a, a ceramic, almost like a, a jar of some sort. <laughs> Was I yeah, close? It is. Really? Yes. No, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like you open up the top, almost like a cookie jar type thing. It's like uh, no, but you can open it. Okay. And it's shaped like a pear, and it's yellow? Yes. Wow. Want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, please. It's a small nightlight. A pear-shaped nightlight? And it's yellow. The light is on, so it's yellow, and the bulb is pear-shaped, and you can open it. Oh. I can't believe (laughs) That was really weird. Now I'm freaked out. (laughs) You freaked me out. There's no cameras in your house, right? Nothing beaming back? No. I'm alone in the dock except for that nightlight. Huh. Very weird. Very yeah. strange. What about yourself? Do you have, do you think that you might have psychic abilities? Oh, you, I don't know. Have you had instances where you've kind of... Well, just the usual, like when you think the phone might ring and then it rings. It doesn't happen all the time, though. Oh, but I mean, maybe it's something that you could hone, you know, if you really wanted to. You know, get a book or, or something and it'll teach you kind of how to how to hone those skills. That was amazing, though. I think I I want to stop now while I'm ahead. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Thank you. You have a good holiday. You too. Bye-bye. That was kind of weird. It was. I don't know if I want to try again. It just came to me. It just popped into my head. That was crazy. Like, like, I, I saw the color first. Like, as soon as I was focusing, I was like, yellow. Right away, that popped into my head, yellow. Uh-huh. And then the 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 pear shape thing kind of came to me, but I was thinking more along the lines of almost like a a, a ceramic, I don't know, a jar. So uh-huh. I wasn't a hundred percent accurate, <laughs> but I was close. You think she's pulling my leg? I don't think she was. She sounded like she was pretty pretty serious. So 
All right. Do we want to try again? Sure. Why not? All right, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500, or you can even email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, who knows? And Matt, you've, you've been around me way too much over the last few years. <laughs> you know, when have I ever been able to actually do that? You know, never. Yeah. Never. Maybe it's just this connection that we have with the listening audience. Or maybe I just don't want to waste my psychic abilities on you. That's true. That could be a possibility either. If you give me 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> you know, I was looking up some, some psychic prices um, earlier. I just I have a, a family member who is interested in psychics, and I was thinking about getting him a gift certificate. And I was kind of looking at some, uh, some, some prices. And what I came up with was just such a astounding difference between psychics uh, of what they charge. You know, somebody might charge you $15 for a, for a half an hour reading. Somebody might charge you $700 for a half an hour reading. I guess it all depends. I, I was thinking, you know, it all depends on the client level, um, you know, the, the proven experience. You know, what, what, would you th- what would you think would be the factors that would determine how much money somebody can get for a reading? Wouldn't you think it would be like, you know, success rate amongst the clientele? You think maybe they have like a, a an evaluation form they have you fill out when you're done so they can compare and post. post re- you know, you can go to – what's that website we run the commercials for here? Uh, Fix My House at servicemagic.com. Yep. You know, where you can go online and you can rate home repair professionals and how good of a job they did. And you can get a rating amongst yourself. There's no website like that for psychics. Hmm, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's yeah. something we should work on. A website where you can rate psychics and, and, and kind of, you know, say how good of a connection they made and what a good job they did. Or, or maybe, you know, this person's a quack. Here's what they charged. Here's what I got out of it. You know, here's – you can determine who are just cold readers, who actually might have some intuitive abilities. That's a good idea. Somebody should definitely make that. And if they do, they should, you know, let me know so I can – or if they're already doing it, they should let me know so I can should just share that re- with people. Review psychics? Yeah, like a, a psychic review site. They have websites to review restaurants. They have websites to review, you know, movies. They have websites to review everything. We should have a psychic review website. Go state by state of where, you know, which psychic. And, and I mean, I guess you can't really, if you're a psychic and you're charging money, you're a business. And yeah. therefore, it's not slander. You know what I mean? As long That's as it's true. done... As long as there's some guidelines that you have to follow, actually it would be libel because it's printed technically. It's the written word. So, but you need to set some guidelines for it. But once you do, I mean, I think it could be a very effective tool to help people out. And that might be the best system for kind of rating these. It's kind of this, you know, customer rating system of determining how good and accurate psychics are. Because looking at the difference in prices, what I came to as a conclusion you know what makes the difference between what one charges and what the other one charges? What's that? Exposure. Uh. Exposure. If one is more recognizable in the media, then they can charge more money. If they've made 500 radio appearances, they can charge more money. If they've made three radio appearances, they might not charge as much. And that's kind of a really, really dumb way to set the, the, the tone because I can tell you. I mean, nothing against our psychic friends who have helped us out. And come on to the show and discuss, you know, we don't just put people on the air and say, okay, take phone calls and, and, you know, just, 
you know, share your psychic abilities with our readers. No, we bring them in. We want to learn about their abilities, how they discovered them, how they honed them. We want to have a discussion with them and then make the opportunity available for them to do readings for, for the listeners. But we don't basically just bring somebody on for the purpose of doing readings and say, okay, come on, monkey, perform. You know, yeah. which I can, I'm not, I say that to you all the time, you know, come on, perform, monkey. But, you know, that's not what we try to do here. But we could do that. We could do that every week, and we'd have way more listeners than we do talking about the paranormal. Our phone lines would be lit up, would be lit up nonstop. We wouldn't be able to to take a, a a breather, let alone a break, because you know psychics draw that kind of audience response. So anybody who markets themselves as a psychic sooner or later is going to get onto a radio show. Yep. There's going to be some radio host somewhere that's going to say, "Yeah, sure." I don't have anything planned for Monday the 29th. Why don't you come on Monday the 29th and I can kick back, take it easy, and just have to answer the phone for two hours. You know, and, and that's, like I said, I'm not disparaging their abilities. In fact, it's a, it's a, it's a, a compliment to their abilities that they would draw that kind of, you know, listenership. But what I'm saying is, you know, just because you've been on the radio doesn't mean that you're a good psychic. Mm-hmm. If you've been on the radio 500 times, then yes, you probably are because you keep getting asked back for a reason. Because you're making those connections. But I think everybody can get that one shot one way or another. So that's not really an accurate judge to me of how to decide what to charge or what not. I mean, I'm probably angering the, the psychic community as a whole right now suggesting this. But I really think <laughs> that that's something that needs to be done. If it's already done, please make me aware of it. And I'm just not aware of it. Uh, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. And and we'll definitely look into it. And if there is a site going, we'll promote it. And if there isn't one and somebody wants to start one, we'll help you promote it. We'll help you get it started. Um, it just it seems to me like it's a good idea. I see you're, I see you're looking it up now. Are you coming up with anything? Um, a couple. Uh, see, most of those just look like, you know, individual reviews of, you know, here's my experience with this person. It doesn't look like a centralized location. To rate us, you know, rate us psychic.com. Psychic ratings.com, something like that, you know, that's what we need. And I, I think we should do it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll help, uh, help psychics that are very good at their trade and, yeah. and can help people out, you know, help them get more exposure that way too. Be pretty easy to set up, like a, an eBay feedback thing for psychics. Yeah, no, it's it's we well, we've got enough listeners out there who know web design and who who are yep. you know web savvy people. Contact me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast dot com. We'll get this going. I think it's a great idea. If I did come up with it myself, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the heck is that? Uh-huh. I definitely think that uh, I, I think that that could have a lot of impact. So uh, Tim at SpookySouthCoast dot com. That there we go. Now, uh, what would I get for a rating based on my one psychic uh, experience right there? I think I would get like a, an uh, A-plus rating. <laughs> Four crystal balls up. I don't know what, like, how would you rate it? You know, like with Dino, we used to use forks. You know, so a restaurant could be one to five forks. That's what we used to use. Now we use, now we use stars. Four tarot's up. Sure. You know, four... We rate this. We rate this psychic four tarot's, three turbans. <laughs> well, come on. We'll we'll, you, we'll you work get, out uh, all the details. Three Sylvia Browns and a Peter James. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 well, uh, 
We'll file us away with the thousand other ideas I have that we need to launch in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a busy year for things not getting done. I have to, I'll tell you that. Procrastination will hit an all-time high in 2009. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we started off the, this, the night talking about the holidays, and I'd like to kind of wrap up the night talking about the holidays. And one of the premier, as we said before, one of the premier ghost stories of Christmas time is the Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens. And if you could take a look at the, the ghosts of Christmas past, Mac Asa, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they could take you back to some of your past Christmases. What do you think you could actually learn from them? I was thinking about like, this, you know, while we were in the the news break. Learn what? I, you know what not, I would learn the most? Give. I, oh, you would learn what not to give. Yeah, I would have learned like, what oh, not to ask. If for. I was, if I was, uh, if I knew I was only getting socks for Christmas or something, I wouldn't spend so much on certain people. <laughs> what I was thinking more was, if I could go back into the past with the ghost of Christmas past, it would teach me. You know, what was a good idea to ask for and what wasn't? Yeah. You know, like the, the year that I wanted the remote control car with the with the wired remote. Yep. Not such a good idea. I thought it was the coolest car ever. And I thought I could completely overlook the fact that it was tethered to the control with that wire. Bad idea. Or what are you going to do you When you ask for that virtual boy and then <laughs> you I realized got, afterwards it burns your retinas out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got Virtual Boy at a yard sale, so I have nobody to blame for that but myself. <laughs> and I still have it. It's part of my video game museum. <laughs> By the way, just as, as a total side note, because we've only got a few minutes here, so we can talk about this. Um, I, I want to try to get these guys, or at least some of them on the air, uh, for a future edition of Spooky South Coast. I watched a great, great documentary the other day uh, on Showtime called Chasing Ghosts. Now, you know, doing what we do, I see Chasing Ghosts pop up in the guide, and I'm like, oh, let me check out what this is about. Uh-huh. But it was it had nothing to do with the paranormal. It was Chasing Ghosts in the sense of Chasing the Ghosts in Pac-Man. It was a documentary about some of the early professional video game players of the 1980s. Uh-huh. There was actually professional gaming in the 1980s. <laughs> like now, you know, they make a big deal about how gaming is an up-and-coming yep. sport, quote-unquote sport. But there were people who actually made a living doing it back in the 1980s. They would travel to different arcades, and they would draw a crowd. And there was one company in Boston that came up with the idea of putting together a, you know, like an all-star tour of professional video games. It didn't work when they tried to do the first one in Boston, and nobody showed up. But, uh, you know, did you find the uh, the title of the documentary online? Because I know it was longer than just Chasing Ghosts. Oh, I was looking up uh, one that I saw, Donkey Kong. Uh... The King of Kong was on. I watched King, that one. King of Kong is that another? It was a, documentary. Yeah, it was a a documentary of uh, the highest score got on gotten on Donkey Kong. Do you remember the guy's name? I don't remember, but after you, the documentary was made, like the guy beat it. And another guy beat it. Or yeah. The same guy beat it. Or the guy that they was they were following two like battling it okay. out. Okay. So. That was the case in a couple of these stories that they talked about. There was a couple people going back and forth. Um, but it was just a great documentary. They tell you about these people, what they're like as, as, as people, what they became. And, you know, it's just it's, it was an amazing story. One of them became a, a minister. 
And uh, after being, you know, the the bad boy of professional gaming, when he when he lied about his score, apparently there's an organization called Twin Galaxies, where they actually keep all the high scores and everything. You're nodding your head like you already yeah, knew about this. I did. It was in, right. it was in that document. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought maybe you're like a charter member. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it sounds like a a good a good governing body. Um, and and he reported an incorrect score, and you know it kind of caused a big stir. <laughs> so you found you found the King of Kong, but did you find the the Chasing Ghosts? Because it, it had a longer title than that. And at the same time, ironically, there was another movie on also called Chasing Ghosts. So that's really? why I want to make sure I get the that was a regular you know Hollywood scripted movie. I want to make sure I get the correct title. No, they don't seem to have it. No. Well, Chasing Ghosts is good enough. If you look for that, you should be able to find it. But it was just just really really interesting. Beyond and, the arcade. Maybe. That sounds like it could be right. Yeah, Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade, 2007. And, uh, you know, I was watching it with my, with my four-year-old son, and he's watching it, and he's like, Dad, what are all these games they're playing? It's like, back in the day, son, that's what we had to play. You know, now when you look at these, these little kid video game systems that they carry around, they're way more advanced than what we had in the 80s. But, yeah. Uh. I remember, like, the pinnacle of technology when I was a kid was those tiger handhelds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And As now, a Batman one. Now I look back and I'm like, how did anybody play those? <laughs> you know what was even funnier? Remember? We're almost out of time here. But do you remember what, like, the revolutionary game was that was going to blow everybody's mind and change video games forever? Vector I, Man? I can't remember the name of it. But... They used to have it like at the Taunton Mall in the arcade there. It was the the holographic game with the cowboys. I don't know if I it was, remember. It was like a hologram. It was an actual hologram. You played the hologram. Oh, yeah. You don't remember what I'm talking about? All right, we'll fight about this off here. <laughs> All right, well, until next week when we're going to be on the air at 6 p.m., a special primetime show, and we promise it'll be way better than this show. Um, we'll be back to talk with you more about the paranormal. Uh, we'll, we'll, we will speak to you then and after Christmas as well. So we're going to be here straight through every week, all the way until March Madness comes and the tournament bumps us out. But until then, we'll be here each and every week. So until then, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, who's out off in the field, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen.